Well, I'm not going to get into what I know or what I don't know. Here's what I know. No one is the suppository of all wisdom. It's like medicine, though. You have to, you have Absolutely. to write this stuff, or else what are you going to do with the feelings inside? Waitress walks over to me. Hey, what you reading for? <laughs> we will decide who comes to this country and the circumstances in which they come. When you exert a force on one end of the lever, it produces another force here on the other end to lift the load. In summing up, it's Marbo, it's justice, it's law, it's the vibe, and uh, no, that's it, it's the vibe. Welcome to The Lever, our very first podcast. I'm Luke. I'm Tom. I'm Melanie. I'm Nick. Hello. Hi. And we are uh, going to be talking today about class warfare and how it sort of affects our lived experience. If you're wondering what this show is, it's kind of uh, the drum, except that we're not uh, sort of neoliberal fuckwits. And today we'll be covering who jogger and exploring what are the political dimensions of that. And also kind of uh, the idea of what I've been calling medieval realty and how do we sort of experience some of those inequities of power in sort of the renting game and in that industry and why. So, uh, you know, the idea is that it, uh, it means something, but it's as funny as possible. So you won't want to listen to us and sort of jump off a bridge um, unless you're a full-on Tory. <laughs> in which case, good riddance. In which case, wait for our self-flagellating apologies and, and reaching out. So. That's right. so I'm interested in politics, but not in that kind of dry sort of emotionless egghead way. I'm really interested in the way we experience it and uh, the way it sort of affects our daily lives. So, um, uh, yeah, and, and no matter how terrible something is, really the only option is to laugh at it. So that's sort of where, where I'll be coming from today. And I've sort of selected appropriately around the panel. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, Brisbane, Greenslopes. Uh, yeah, home of the famous Greenslopes Hospital. Tom, this is, this is your stomping ground. Have you ever? Tom, Tom's from Queensland. Have you ever had an OD at the Greenslopes Hospital? I, I've never OD'd at or around the Greenslopes Hospital. Um, there's time. Yeah, there's still time. There's still time. It's kind of in a city. Yeah, yeah. I found out about the poo jogger at the pub. Someone showed me that infamous photo. It's an amazing um, photo. Timeless. Mm, yeah, pretty great. But what was it? He's he was uh, characterised by the Courier-Mail, which is the state paper in Brisbane, as being like a corporate corporate yeah. big dog, yeah. I think, was the, <laughs> the phrase. Yeah. Corporate big dog. Woof. He's an exec. He's an exec. And he also, he's a consultant to Brisbane City Council on urban planning and renewal. <laughs> I, I think, love that. I think as somebody from Brisbane, I, I think I understand where he's coming from because his, his frustration with poor urban planning in Brisbane <laughs> just got, got to that point. He is the national, he is the national awards, the national quality manager for the retirement village property and investment group giant ABO. Yeah, right. Quality, like there's this, there's so there's so many levels of irony here, and also once we sort of like talk about it a little bit, I'm gonna explain why I'm gonna sort of make my pitch to you guys, which you can't like assess about about how political this is, because I think it's hilariously amazing political. First thing I love is that he was busted on this like cheap technology, um, you know, wildlife photography that like activates when it senses movement, you know, that's like it's a tr- tr- yeah. true, true neighbourhood watch situation, isn't yes. it? The community yes. came Jimmy together back. to yeah. catch 
the yeah, right. defecator. And we yeah. gather that it's the community of people living in an apartment block. So on this one apartment block on this guy's mm. route of his jogging run, he would just just snap and run, essentially. So <laughs> yeah, he would just squeeze yeah. one out and just then keep on but going. But also he'd snap, wipe, then run. So <laughs> this is definitely <laughs> like forethought. Yeah. So is it good yeah. that he has standards? Or... Which like, if you get standard. hit by a bus and it doesn't kill you, do you feel like you're lucky or you're unlucky? Like, does he have standards because he was wiping, or does he not have standards because he was pooing in a public place 30 times Ooh. over a year? Yeah. Ooh. I Like, glass half full, huh? You know, this I is mean, personality I think there's, there's obviously something in the fact that he's, like, cleaning himself up, but not the fucking footpath. Amazing. He's <laughs> like, if you can't have gated communities, this is what you get. I think it also illustrates it's very intentional. So he's prepared for his journey of the evening or whatever time of day it is. He's got his wipes. He's ready to go. It's not an accident. He's not incontinent. Like whatever the version of Yes, yes. He should be carb-loading at the end, like an hour after his run. Mm. Not. But it sounds like he's having a big bolognese before he goes out. (laughs) There's been preparation. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Double espresso. Yeah. He's organised. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that, that's a good point. Yeah. No, like it's uh it's a it's a calculated. Mm. So I wonder is, if it's like it toilet is. paper or wipes as well. Mm. Yeah. Like, on the run, I say wipes. Because you don't flush them, you put them in the bin or leave them on the street. <laughs> Are they mm. surely they're not as decomposable as you know, no, they're terrible. They're terrible. They they're, worse. they're bad. They're bad. They're bad. Oh, they're super bad. They're what's, yeah. Yeah, that, that's what turns into um, what do they call them in the sewers? Uh, like yeah. the dolphin yeah. chokers. No, no, the slugs or ah, uh, big. There's a name. Yeah, and there's horrendous just, photos in yeah, campaigns yeah. to get rid of yeah, the flushable yeah. wipes. In London, yeah. in particular. Yes, oh. yes. Yeah. But I forget what they call. Yeah. That sounds so yeah. sci-fi. Oh, it's gross. The flushable wipes are breeding these creatures. The flushable wipes. I mean, I think Kitty Flanagan did a did a. A routine about you know anything is flushable. Yes. Just, oh yeah. yeah. What are the consequences? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Flushable yeah. racist uncle's heads. Of Christmas. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Um, Branded. Yeah. So like, there's obvious like there's consideration either well largely for himself by himself rather than you know for others by him. Um, it's. Is it is it calculated or has he just come to this point where he he realizes that this is some kind of pathology of his that he can't actually control? Is he pooing everywhere? So he's just going to mm. he's going to regulate this pathology at least by at least by wiping. Yeah. Okay. It's, we, it's tricky because we don't know anything about this guy. And you, you know, were saying that I, we, people I are stress. concerned. They're concerned for his um for his, like, what's the psychological background? Like, is he unwell? Is he, you know... Look, look we, you know, we were talking about these, these wet wipes in London. Oh, let's go back to London. Everyone remembers the London riots, you know, yeah, where, yeah. where a group of people under extreme stress uh, from the kind of society that they're living in. And everyone does a shit in their pants while running in a riot. Like, <laughs> We've all been there. It's and pre-prepare with wipes or toilet paper. Let's normalise. Yeah. Well, it's just yes. like, look, you know, we have, we had a, a group of people who were kind of dispossessed. Their society seemed to have forgotten about them, and so they lashed out in this way. They had these riots. They they smashed uh, shop fronts and stole a whole lot of different things, and they thought they were justified in doing that because 
of the fact that you know they are they are a forgotten group of people. And the welfare and, safety net was ripped apart. Yeah, over yeah, yeah years. absolutely. And um, take a TV. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Here, you know, <laughs> this is my justification. Can you really um, have a problem with this? I think the poo jogger is Brisbane's London riots. Whoa! I <laughs> oh, wondering how you're going to bring that home. <laughs> so you know, like here's a guy, you know, in a Big. in a high. You know, living a life of stress, living a life of distress, mm. and this is the this is the outlet. Mm. This, this is, is like moment. okay, mm. you know, like it's like the life. Batman version. It's it's the it's when the it's when the millionaire decides he's had enough, <laughs> not when like the people rise up for because of their oppression. Um, you know, yeah, okay. So the yeah, I mean, the, the, I guess I think, the obvious, well I think the obvious counterpoint to that um, <laughs> um, yes. is that uh, in this case, um, like, sorry to steal your thunder loop. But just you have someone who's like, you know, is this middle aged white dude who Mm. earns a lot of money and is in a position of considerable privilege who is literally shitting on common spaces and common spaces. Right, right, right. And in that sense. So, this is why why is it maybe political? Yeah. And I I think in that sense, he's quite different to like the the marginalised and forgotten teens of. London 2012 or whatever. So I remember yeah. those riots. It was like it was it was like David Cameron or whoever being like, these riots aren't political. This is only criminal. It's not political. Mm. And that was a real mm. control. Which is such a political statement. Yeah. Super. Yeah. 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 Should try yeah. to strip something of its political meaning into political act. <laughs> so we're not worried yeah. enough about sort of when old white men are wrecking the entire planet. The damage they're doing for themselves, like we haven't looked enough at that. We're not sympathising enough for the the internal damage being done yeah. while they're sort of conniving to create that damage everywhere. Yeah, like I think this goes thought. into the political correctness gone <laughs> the show. Hey, okay, all right. For me, go on. <laughs> no, for me, that's just in the realm of I don't give a fuck. Yeah, where do you sit on Pujaba? I prefer not to sit on the okay, toilet. Okay. <laughs> on the toilet, like most people. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. me, uh, the only bit that um, I like about this is probably the community taking the issue up and um, mm. mobilising. Could you imagine it's a whole bunch of people? What if it's just one really clever techie dude? But it doesn't that would say. suck, wouldn't it? Was, oh, I, not the police, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, so the police yeah, didn't the take it seriously or maybe, yeah. you know, there we're, we've got the class and so power dynamics at play. Although I am actually assuming that there are sort of a, there is a particular class of the people who have taken matters into their own hands and yeah. resolved this successfully. Yeah, I think so. And I like I want it. So there's a lot of missing information. I want it to be a really big community of people who then have, <laughs> have a big cook up, yeah. have a big cook up once a week and share their week and stuff, <laughs> and also plan to catch Pujok. <laughs> And then, I, and I also need. I re, so this the facts already rule this out. I really want it to be that he's running. The Green Slope's quite a well-off neighbourhood, and he's been snapped at his house, which is a nice place with a garden. And and that the idea of living in an apartment block is somehow not as good as, as that. Mm. But actually, both they're both in Green Slopes, and they're both like well-off suburbs. Is that right? Oh, Green. I think Green Slopes is you know it's an inner city kind of thing, and can't be. So it doesn't have the overt class disparity because I need for him to be running to somewhere that's crap. And you're yeah, shooting on it, yeah. So yeah. You're, you're trying to yeah. shoot on, yeah, yeah, yeah. on the story yeah. into your politics, and it's yeah. not yeah, bad. Yeah. Which, I'll admit it. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, good on you for flagging that, because surely that's what everyone does. But at least you're <laughs> admitting it. Yeah. 
Yeah, Brisbane's a funny place, you know, there seems to be this Just kind of... Just full stop. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of the vlog, <laughs> Melbourne's view of Brisbane. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, you know, the, the class disparity, at least when I was living there, it's not as obvious as, you know, as other places, I suppose. I don't think you can really say, here is a former corporate big dog shitting on the working class. I don't well, think he's also it... a consultant to the local council. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, only in the sense that shitting in public places is... Yeah, it's what you said about the comments. Shitting on everyone. It's what you said about shitting on everyone. And, and also so, the fact that over the last, yeah. like, 30 or 40 years, the common spaces are out. Like, we've just had multiple generational, like, rounds of privatisation, like in Victoria and Melbourne. Yeah, it's, you know, yeah. Jeff Cannon in the 90s. Now, yeah. apparently, Labor are wanting to sort of privatise more of the state. So, we always have these rounds. And, of course, Labor in the 80s um, privatised a lot of states. So, you get urban design, which puts, like, spikes in. So people, yeah, yeah, yeah. People yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. This spike's really comfortable to sit on while I check my messages. <laughs> but I wouldn't want to sleep here. So, it's that beautiful design balance, isn't it? And this is why we need consultants like Mr. Matthew. So, can yeah. I point out, the thing I love about this is... is that there's all these imagined narratives about it. But, but the thing that I love the most is that we know his face. Like, if I walk past him at the airport, I'm going to know... I'm going to go, poo jogger, before I even have time to react. We know his face now. Cannot, and there's, yeah. so there's some... I think the yeah. other political element, even though these other facts don't match up, is that there's a beautiful democratisation that's come about through technology. Remember when the internet, which was originally created as, like, a military tool to, like, further American, like, monopoly on over the world became like for the people and all like it was never the idea that we'd all have like a pc and a laptop and a device right it's been very very accidental mainly produced by hackers and now democracy has led to us all knowing who andrew douglas mcintosh is <laughs> and knowing his face while, and while he's taking a shit yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. i don't know what i mean i like all of you that's why we're doing the show together but i don't know what any of you look like when that and i'm so glad about that <laughs> But I know Andrew, and we all know Andrew Douglas McIntosh now. And there's, so there's a beautiful, like, social justice, you know, technology has actually enabled sort of this democratic sort of just moment to happen. Yeah, so, totally. Oh, my God. Yeah. Sorry to get emotional. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone got any final thoughts on Poo Jogger before we move into our Class Warfare Part 2? Hit it. Yeah, well, I, you know, I was just going to say it comes back to that question of there is a, a group of people or a person living a, a life of distress, what kind of uh, license are we going to give this person or these people to do what they want to kind of regulate their emotions? You know, is it smashing up a hi-fi store and stealing a whole bunch of shit because they don't have any money? Or is it, I have some mental health issues, so I'm going to shit on a sidewalk somewhere? I mean... Regardless of the issues, I think people still need to take responsibility for their actions and the effects that they have on others. Mm. It's not like, oh, I get a free ride because I'm a corporate big dog and advisor <laughs> so, to, yeah. the, to the And he, he, of course, you know, had been stung so hard, he didn't get a free ride. He had to pay a uh, 300-and-something dollar fine. And so he's really, I mean... Doing it tough. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> his sphincter's still waiting to, to close properly. <laughs> yeah, like, on this, that same note as you were making that point, I think there's this... Like, particularly now, we, we have this dangerous kind of trend of, like, lionising and having this interest in people who perpetrate, people who do shitty things, terrible pun, 
um, <laughs> yeah, the interest and the empathy for the person who has done the bad things always just tends to really leave no room for people to talk about victims. Definitely, you don't want to go too far down the, uh, like, what, what's Poo Jogger suffering from? Yeah, exactly. Of, like, is it Poo Jogger as victim or Poo Jogger as perpetrator? Yeah. yeah. Dan Quayle like, said in the, in the 90s, like, who do I blame for the riots? I blame the riots. All of a sudden now we're worrying about the mental health of this guy. Well, it's a tricky one. And you immediately start to sound like a conservative saying, oh, these people, yeah, they can never, responsibility. They never yeah, justify yeah. You know, the crimes that they've committed just because the crimes against uh, that the state has committed against them doesn't give them license to do all this other shit. And, or does it? Or does it? <laughs> you know? I mean, ultimately, the people who, who they stole from are not the people that stole from them. It's like, just because Brisbane City Council has shat all over Andrew Douglas, <laughs> Douglas McIntosh doesn't mean that he can go shit over whoever he likes. You know? right. <laughs> no one likes these ideas. <laughs> I'd like to see his ideas. I'd like to see his fascination with the perpetrator. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to be careful now. Any last departing thoughts before we move on? Um, I just wanted to comment on your technology kind of lens. Uh-huh. I like that the social justice is just amplified. So for first round, it's the residents. Second round, it's the world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it really escalates yes. pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure fucking does. <laughs> I think, Mel, you should talk about your... Um... Oh, yeah. Class warfare part yeah. two. Oh. Part two. How else do these... <laughs> Big macro trends affect us. Yeah. Melanie, you've had an interesting experience lately. I like your choice of the word interesting. Great. See euphemism. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> in the last week or so, I've moved house, and that's enough of a major event in anyone's life. But when you are a tenant, so you're renting, for me, what was really clear was my very small role in the very larger discourse of, you know, who who has what and those that have and those that have not. And I just experienced a lot of prejudice from not only the landlord, but the agent and then the system at play, where as a single parent applying for housing, evidently, like many times I would be shortlisted, but in so many instances, like never got across the line. And so, yeah, I'm just in full peeve mode about the injustice and the class warfare that is evidently there between landlords and tenants. Mm, yep. Just because in your old house you wanted to shit where you wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so what is it about the relation? Like, obviously, that's like just such a move house. Like it's incredibly yeah. stressful. New jobs, ends of relationships. These are like the classic big stresses of the modern world. Where's the structural problem? Where does it get political for you? Or what's the outrageous element that isn't just part of, this is a sucky thing. Mm. Um, <clears throat> the structural stuff. I th- just think the way that the whole system is set up, really, it, it victimises. So, you know, the house that I was living at was sold, I was given 60 days, and then the landlord commenced legal action against me in the hypothetical scenario that I didn't actually leave the house. So I had mm. a court case impending at VCAD for a thing that I had Hadn't not done, done. Yeah. and when yeah, I incredible. Yeah. yeah, when I checked with uh, Consumer Affairs to see if that was actually legit, mm. it totally is. It mm. is absolutely. So they can do that. They, they absolutely can. can. So in anticipation of yeah. you not vacating, despite the fact that they have no indication 
that you either way that yeah, you yeah, won't yeah. comply and vacate. They can file at VCAT just in case you don't. That's right. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's 60 days really to up in your life. Like, yeah, like for yeah. me, I'm just like sort of a wandering sort of yeah. fucking semi-homeless person at the best of times. But like you've got, you've got a child and there's a, it's really important that that house is a home. And, you know, there's a lot more at stake, isn't it, to be yeah. renting. And, yeah. Uh, and then there's sort of like as you're going through the process, you sort of, um, you know, you're critiquing yourself and how you look you know, what am I projecting outwardly mm, totally. and how can I stop being me who's a non-conformist and conform during this process so that I can be at the top of somebody's list. Mm. So how can I lose my identity and make sure that I'm as vanilla as they want, everybody they else? You to be. Yeah. You could um, go to a teaching degree and <laughs> teach small children. That worked for me. <laughs> worked for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yes, totally. Well, I would just say that knowing you, Melanie, the answer to that question is with difficulty. <laughs> and here is my problem. Yeah. I feel like that's a good segue, Mel, because I've had like, well, another real estate agent experience recently, but I felt like, like I had pretty good outcomes, but I felt icky because I felt like I really had to leverage my own privilege to my advantage, mm -hmm. which yeah, makes me, you know, makes my politics feel really yuck. But so I, yeah, like I'm having to break the lease in our house and I had this really full on inspection where I had the landlord come with four real estate agents from two different agencies. So two from the one they rent it to us through and two from a local one who they, she might sell it through. Yeah, I just had to suck it up and like I taught it to the private school that day so I like left my suit and tie on and I just like brown nosed everyone. Oh, can we just and... invite the driller from next door <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. into the podcast yeah, totally. and um, yeah, talk about rights of tenants. Um, <laughs> that's right, that's yeah. right. Yeah, and just had to like indulge these footy players in suits and their shitty banter and like mm. their... But they were art yeah. lovers, weren't they? Nick? Yeah, there was one art lover. This was really good. So I had a I had the John Olson print on my wall, and the real estate agent asked about it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, it's you know it's a great print. Like I've seen the original painting in in the art gallery of New South Wales. Really love it." And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, no, it's cool, blah blah blah." And then he was like, "Oh, I was actually ended up at this event eight or nine years ago, like uh, kind of chaperoning John Olson, and uh, he was really nice. You know, he's in his eighties now, so he's probably like seventy five. And I was like, oh, wow, this real estate agent's really, he's surprising me. But then, but then he went, oh, but you know, he's wearing like the felt cap and the black turtleneck and the colorful orange jacket. So, you know, artists, they're all the same. Right. And I was just like, far out, mate. You work in a profession where you should not be drawing <laughs> attention to a group of people who you think all look the same. Like, <laughs> when, when did you give away footy? Yeah. Yeah. But you said, I mean... For anyone who tackles her up, like, no one's a bigger footy fan here than Nick, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love footy, hate toxic masculinity. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. That should be the new yeah, like, yeah. byline. I hope we have yeah. some listeners who take me to task on how that's not something that can just exist happily in parallel. But, no, yeah, oh. well, <laughs> welcome to <laughs> yeah, tricky one. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I have this, like, character that I'm developing for, uh, for like, some, for, like a, a comedy skit. Where it's a it's a real estate agent who goes in for inspection. So I had an inspection last week, and I don't have a full on story like you guys. Um, I would like to hear Melanie's the noise complaints because uh, yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I would like. I've got this character will come in and just have these tick boxes. So I've just got to mark off all the tick boxes. That's fine. But on the tick boxes is like okay, I've just got to review your sex toy collection. Which draws that? 
Um, okay, now show me how you go to the loo. Okay, mm. all right. Now, are you are you half or full fat? Like and just scrum. like yes, yes, and just opening and being like, mm, spoons to the left of the forks. Interesting tick. Yeah. Like yeah. And just sort of sure. the the feeling that you just have to sort of open up and kind of lay and you, and you lay do. yourself bare for assessment. And it's it's bad in those inspections, but it's especially bad trying to apply for when you're trying to apply. Yeah. yeah. Luckily, I've never had to actually go for a lease. I've always just moved in to shady guy. Existing release. Off the grid, man. You're off the but, grid. But I had I had a housing inspection yesterday actually, and like it did get me thinking. Like we got this little poster in the hallway and. It's just some cartoon face with the... Is it Lennon? Phrase. <laughs> it's not Lennon. I just assumed. It's, it's not Lennon, um, but the phrase is motherfuckers everywhere, which could be a quote from Lennon. I, mm. You know? And I was thinking, here we, here we are. I'm going to have these, these professionals who ultimately will decide on you know, my living situation. Mm. Professionals. And, you know, I've got profanity in the hallway. Is this something that's going to reflect badly on me? Is that going to affect their, the, you know, the way that they view me? Even kind of subconsciously, they mm. might, you know. Yeah. Just because I'm, I've greeted yeah. them in sports socks with a used condom dangling <laughs> and a singlet with mm. food stains oh, on it. It's a bit weird, but in these, in these kinds All of, the judgment. in these kinds of interactions, you know, I mean, we kind of just have to put your uh, responsible uh, civic individual. Kind of face on. Yeah, 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 definitely. That's just one one step further than using your phone voice, right? I mean, yes, <laughs> it is. Oh, I actually want to pivot from that and describe these complaints which were lodged against me by my agent because it sort of tells a story of well, that's fine if you've got a phone voice or you know uh, whatever public, face. Public front. Yeah, 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 yeah. But what about those who can't navigate the system in order mm. to mitigate right, right. the yeah, kind of prejudice and abuse and power that yeah. is on display in these situations? Because yeah. so, we all get to navigate with a degree of privilege. Yes. Yeah. So we just we don't like it. But we yeah, can, we, we push that button and go, oh, it sucks yeah, out to yeah. push that button. To yeah. be, to That's be, a really great point. To be like a cultural chameleon and to be able yes. to fit in in different yeah. spaces yeah. 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 is a privileged thing to be able Absolutely. to do. Which, you know, yeah, yeah. fuck us. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, the real estate agent probably fucking hates being a real estate agent and just wants to go get pissed or something like that. Or go, go do well, something else. You know, so <laughs> there's this kind of, you know, the, the personal the and then the so, these kind of social personas that one must affect. Like everybody does it, and it, but I mean that doesn't make your position any easier. But I'm just thinking that um, you know everybody has to do this to some degree, except maybe accountants or something like that. Yeah. Um, well, there's 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 two things that I wanted to share, and just one is exactly on that where other single parents that I know of uh, basically live in fear because mm. it's so important for them to have stability and you know stable lodgings that they are going to all sorts of ends to ensure that their public face Mm. that somehow they're just flying under the radar and those things Mm. include like paying rent over a month early you know having professional cleans if they even though they're extremely tidy professional cleans like right before an inspection not reporting the basic kind of things that need to be repaired that are part of um, the obligations of the 
agent mm. and land, landlord. And so they're foregoing all of those things and going yeah. to all these extra efforts mm, because yeah. the risk is so great because once you are dispossessed, then like how do you get back in the system when you know that you are going to be down the ladder in terms of priorities yeah, yeah, yeah. And, for housing? And the reason, the reason those people are doing all that stuff, which is over and above their, you know, what they have to be doing is just because like single parents are cut absolutely no slack. Mm. So like, if you put a foot wrong. That's right. Yeah. You're at risk. You're mm, at risk. Yeah. And so my story with my agent began a year ago when I was in Cuba and I received an email from my agent to say that she was reaching me for noise complaints. which was interesting because I was in Cuba. Although it has to be said, I did actually have somebody staying in the house, a woman with young children. Um, I contacted her and I was like, oh, I don't know what's going on there, but just letting you know there's an allegation of excess noise. And she's like, I... I, I don't know what to say. We are from New Zealand. We are sightseeing every day. My yeah. children are like two and seven. They're yeah. in bed by eight o'clock at night. And yeah. I am so exhausted that I'm probably in bed by 10 o'clock. So I then took that to the agent and there didn't appear to be any case mm. for being breached. And could you please supp- supply some evidence? I was overseas. I was having to go back and forth. It was extremely stressful for me at the time. Anyway, shortly after I got home, she then proceeded to breach me a second time. Now, three breaches and you are out. You can be evicted. At this point, I was like, okay, game on. So this is where I started to navigate the system. I thought, well, why would she know about... Like, if somebody's making a noise complaint... Why would they go to my agent? How do they know that I have an agent? How do they know that I'm not the landlord? What do people do when there's lots of noise? Ah, they go to council. So I contact council. I believe there's been a noise complaint. I'd like to know the details. Oh, there is no noise complaint. Right. What would it take? Like, what would have to have happened for there to be a noise complaint? And it's consistent, persistent noise at um, unusual hours. And then there's a process that they have. They do due diligence. They send somebody around. It's recorded. It's tabled. And when I said that the agent had accused me of this with no evidence, but with some some add-ons, which were that um, as part of the noise complaint, um, it was alleged that I there were so many comings and goings Uh, at my residence that I had, in fact, increased the traffic flows on my street. Right. And (laughs) And what do you think the implication of that is? No, I I didn't realise anything was implied until I told the story a few times over and my friends were like, right, "Right, a lady of the night. And, And so, of course, I went back to the agent. I was like... I would very much like to see the due diligence that you've performed to ascertain that this is a legitimate claim and I would really like to have the benefit of of viewing or hearing or whatever it is, um, you know, your material. And, of course, there was nothing and it was – and she actually backed off and didn't um, proceed with that particular Mm, breach because I took the initiative and really cornered her. Yeah, good. And so I guess part of what I'm saying is, like, that's fine if I actually – had a level of pissed offness that I could actually retaliate. Yeah, and pissed offness out. plus clarity. Yeah. Yeah, 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 but for those that are in a similar situation um, and, and that just don't have the energy or um, mm. get too upset or whatever, then they are, you know, that's two breaches in, like they're looking at eviction. Yeah. And and so these are the levers that are being used mm-hmm. to, um, you know, atta- like yeah. unfairly attack people, single parents, whoever. Yeah. 
who tenant just tenants mm. just tenants mm, 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 right. that's i didn't know that before today about yeah they can breach you with no evidence oh, yeah. and then evict you after three like that's yep. just that's incredible. and that's why and i, I use the medieval medieval realty because it's it's just the completely like there's no just there's no just process there's no right like i always thought oh the residential tenancy tribunal which i always seem to get on first name basis with the staff <laughs> up there I thought, oh, they're a really great equaliser because they help people access and they address that equity issue that you raised, Mel. Mm. But but actually, all they can do is is explain to you how mm. unfair the system is. Yes. Uh, <laughs> That's and right. It's so heavily loaded to favour <laughs> landlords. Now, the only thing, the only thing to be devil's advocate for two seconds is that owners that I know do tell me what a massive headache their tenants, tenants can yeah, be yeah, yeah. or how valuable it is when they've got a, a really great person they can trust. And mm. I think... You know, when you're looking at like community values and stuff, whenever you trust someone, you give them the benefit of the doubt and that goodwill can just mm. sort of grease the wheels. And mm. if you can create an actual personal relationship and gain that trust, you're automatically in a much better position for negotiating mm. stuff. Mm. So, but the problem is that trust, getting that trust with a real estate it, agent yeah. is really based yeah. on the personality of the agent. Mm. So it, yeah, it, it, again, it's authority from above and, and the tenants don't get to set that. No, mm. and real estate agents, particularly property managers, tend to be nineteen-year-olds uh, who mm. can't wait to get out of property management and sell houses, mm. and they're doing their two years diligence mm. managing properties before they get to. Because what kind of qualifications are required to become a real estate agent? I heard go on. Was that, go I was, poke to, a two a two month a two month kind of certificate. Yeah, I I, then, I know my partner from a while ago yeah. um, <laughs> um, he did a short course it was $800 yeah. and I'm pretty sure he couldn't really be bothered doing most of the course and found somehow a Ways cheat around, around it, it. Yeah. and yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah put the assessment on Airtasker yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's just amazing that you get these people with this level of power power yeah. after that kind yeah, yeah. of, not to sound elitist, <laughs> but I have three degrees and yeah. I've got some shithead calling the yes. shots over my living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. How, many, how many years have you been practicing the bass to be good at playing bass? Yeah, like long time. <laughs> yeah, not like a two month short course. Yeah, yeah. 800 <laughs> bucks. That's all it took. And you're mm. a lovely double bass player, but you don't have the power to evict anyone. No, <laughs> no. And you're not, no, even, not even from the stage. Yeah, not even from the band. The media. <laughs> no one's writing about how George Brandis, like fucking with the Australia Council, is affecting like bass player professional positions mm. in Australia. Like no one's yeah, writing yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, that's another podcast. That's yeah. a whole other thing. Oh my yeah. god. We can get Kate on, but she might be stressed because she has professional obligations. Oh, you how stressed? Yeah. Stressed enough to be <laughs> shitting in the streets of Darwin? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that, uh, <laughs> I actually saw the new coping mechanism of the yeah. ultra rich. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the title of the podcast right there. Who drug art, the new coping mechanism of the ultra rich. Um, I did see something this morning or last night from the NT News or someone saying just how surprised they were that this wasn't from the Northern Territory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, well, I know that my home prostitution ring that I have set up doesn't. <laughs> there is almost no training. 
So I just got straight into it. There's some Absolutely. comparisons there with. But then again, just to be devil's advocate again, I mean, shout out Charmaine. Like, I love you. Like, she came in the other day to do the house inspection. And I was like, oh, I just want to show you where the uh, the blinds are kind of like they snap off. Really. She's like, oh, they're really bad quality blinds. Don't worry about that. And I'm just like, oh my God, where did you come from? But she's already like moving on. And the next person might yeah, come that's in. The thing. And my whole, yeah. you know, because there has been a little bit of trust build up there. And yeah, it just, the whole thing could change based on a personality. Mm. Yes, and then definitely. within the law, yeah. you know, these noise complaints just sound like a way of. Just going strike, strike, strike to get out people who you don't like the look of. Yeah, Mm. yeah, that's right. Because that kind of trust relationship we're talking about building up, um, uh, uh, you require the other person to be, you know, human in some way. Mm. Yeah, and not and not everybody is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's an interesting one. I feel like um, I feel like after this podcast, I'm gonna retrospectively feel like we've bashed them bashed real estate agents too much we have done it and, quite hard <laughs> and not covered enough it's been very cathartic thank you everyone. it's sort of 20 years of sort of repressed sort of uh, yeah, yeah. and I mean yeah I should say the same thing like my current property manager who like I think I've had seven in the place that I'm in which is also makes it difficult to build relationships yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, although it's always you feel like it's like another notch on your belt when you've like seen another one off I outlasted you in my house <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Job. but my current property manager like she's great and of the four real estate agents who were over the other week doing this inspection like she was the most professional and the most friendly and the most concerned with like doing her job and then all the dudes in suits like yeah. who just look like footy players were less endearing can we talk about the guy congratulating you oh yeah yeah so the final the other story out of that was that again like i had to um you know the the landlord was also like a music teacher so i talked shop with her and tried to like quickly build rapport and again i was just like really leveraging my situation to my advantage and then they had a chat out the front she left and then the head agent from the agency who rents the property to us came up the stairs to, uh, you know, like a Mormon knocking on the door to deliver the good news or something. Do Mormons <laughs> knock on doors? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's not anyway, true. some kind of evangelical. They do. Remember um, the musical? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's like, that's like their whole thing. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the model. Yeah. Um, I remember everything as if it was a musical. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so he came up and he's like, oh, Nick, you're still there? And I was like, oh, yes, hello. You're still here, are you? Um... <laughs> And he was like, well, we've just had a chat with the landlord and uh, great news, you know, she's not going to charge you a cent after you move out. Uh, just, you know, just be the lease breaking fee and that's it. So, and then you know, I was like, oh, okay, that's great. Thanks. And he was like, and can I just say you handled yourself very well back there and that counts for something. And I literally, I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I literally thought he was going to like rub me on the head. Like I was a little kid. And it was just like the most patronizing thing. But I mean, that, that is so interesting. The, the power politics at play. Massive yeah, power play. Yes. Massive power play. Yes. It's like, hang on a second. Do not for a second pretend that we are on the same team. <laughs> yes, you know? exactly. It's not real estate agent. And tenant v landlord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and he also like there was this super patronizing thing implied that like you scrub up all right for a renter and you yeah, you've yeah, done yeah. very well yeah. for a yeah. renter. Like you've exceeded yeah. our yeah. low expectations. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and also this assumption that I would be like really appreciative mm. and needy for his that, that praise and validation. Oh, looking for yeah. That. Yeah. yeah. But somewhere yeah. out there, there's a realtor podcast happening. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. I can't even say what's going on. I just want to bring your attention to. They're just, they're just punching down really hard. Yeah. <laughs>
Uh, yeah, so that was funny. Is there, I do. If, if anyone ends up listening to this and wants to write in and let us know that that Pete, we, we are. Wrong, I mean, it is like a bit of like worker against worker, like divide and conquer. Like it's not like real estate agents. Like they definitely have a lot of control that they can sort of execute over people's yeah, lives. Still, still and there's this medieval quality. Yeah. But they they are not in control, especially the people managing the real estate portfolios they're not the ones selling they're not no so so the image they look the same because the looks are important yeah, but yeah, they're yeah. actually in the industry they're, they're the absolute sort of bottom feeders of yeah they're working small yeah, cocks yeah. in that machine yeah 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 and yeah. I, I think you know if anyone wants to write in and say that we're not punching up as much as we think we are yeah, yeah, I'd yeah, be yeah. Like, please, right. please humanize yourselves yeah. <laughs> so i think that's a great um first podcast everyone so thank you so much uh, Tom, Mel, and Nick for joining us for the first episode of The Lever. Thanks, Luke, for your facilitation. Yeah, Absolutely. for convincing us all to come here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Look, when yeah. you see it, once we, you know, once I hit the editing booth, like, this thing's going to get really schmink. I also can't wait. Like, we're going to have to meet up again and talk about the online eulogizing because I want to talk about how we're going to reform Andrew Douglas McIntosh and, and when he releases. <laughs> When he releases his shoe line, um, Turgulance Snap and Run. Anyone got a final comment they'd like to make before we sign out of here? No, I'm good. I think I've made enough. Have you enjoyed yourself, Tom? Oh, you know, immeasurably. Fantastic. Yeah, Mel, Nick? Good times. Oh, it was great, yeah. All right. It's like therapy. <laughs> I'm good to go now. Don't have to shit on someone's lawn. Mel's going to go and do a photo shoot. So we're out. Thanks for joining our very first episode of The Lever. You can expect something from us every second Tuesday and The Lever is available from the iTunes and Play stores and it's a podcast from dissatisfunctional.com. So broken we can fix anything. Check us out there at the blog and find us on YouTube at Dissatisfunctional TV. There's some funny stuff there. If you like what you've heard so far, go subscribe to our page because once we hit 100 likes, we get our own sweet custom URL. It's actually called a slug, but let's face it, that sounds bloody gross. Thanks for being part of this early journey with us as we build up what we're about. We'd love your input. Please let us know what you thought of this episode and what topics you'd like to see covered for the next ones. You can message me, Luke, at dissatisfunctionaltv at gmail.com, tweet me at unreasonableluke, or message the Dissatisfunctional Facebook page. There's a good chance we'll read out your mail on the next episode of The Lever. Look out for our episode Tuesday week. Thanks for listening.